What is up, everybody? I'm Dylan Patemri, and welcome back to yet another episode of Top Shelf. We have just completed week six of the NHL season. Lots and lots going on right now. We had the Lake Tahoe games this past weekend. Nico Hichier is the new captain for the New Jersey Devils. A $9 million scratch in the NHL and much, much more. Let's just hop right on into another episode of Top Shelf. Right, so we had the NHL outdoor games this weekend at Lake Tahoe. The first matchup was between the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights were playing their first outdoor game ever. The game ended in a 3-2 victory for the Avalanche off an outstanding three-point night from Nathan McKinnon. His one goal in the game was an absolute beautiful one. He's got the deadliest combo of speed and hands. He won the puck back in the neutral zone, swooped around the back of the demon who dropped it off to him. He picked up the puck, beat one man in the neutral zone, then a filthy in and out move on Alex Petrangelo and snapped a shot one top left off the pipe. And he's only just about to start hitting his prime. And I'm going to be speaking more and more of him and the future of the NHL in a little bit, but let's get back to this game. So if you didn't hear about this game, it started on scheduled and played through the first period. However, the ice wasn't in the best of condition and it became a bit slushy because there was no cloud cover or anything and the sun was beating down on it. So they had to delay the game, not one, not two, but eight hours. So the game didn't pick up back till midnight Eastern Standard Time or nine o'clock there in Vegas before finally being able to finish out the game. Um, It was very cool scene, though, to see the game being played outdoors with no fan, just kind of like some sort of pond hockey. The other cool thing was the teams were rocking their reverse retro jerseys for these games, Uh, the Golden Knights jersey. I I don't know how to feel about it. Um, Obviously, Golden Knights are relatively new. They don't really have any history that much, and they were their jersey is like mainly red with this like sort of star as their main emblem on the chest and it just kind of reminds me of the calgary flames it kind of looks like the calgary flames are playing i guess the the gold knights don't really have an established um they have their gold and black colors and they tried to add red i'm not sure how i like that i guess i guess we'll see how more jerseys in the future look for them but to me it just looked like the calgary flames with avalanche though their jerseys look really really nice it's this nice little white color um, they still use their normal like blue and maroonish color. They actually have the Quebec Nordiques logo on the center, which I think everyone except for people from Quebec liked these jerseys. Everyone loved the the Quebec Nordiques logo, which looks really sick. Um, except for Quebec uh, people from Quebec because they just want a team back in the NHL. Um, so I think that was a little bit of salt in the wound for them to see that but if you're not from there the jerseys look really cool the next game was played next day on sunday was the bruins versus the flyers uh this game got delayed to 7 30. it was originally supposed to be played at three but because the game before was delayed till midnight they they had to delay this game and because it wouldn't have worked because the same situation would have happened so they waited till later 
in this game, it was pretty cool with the retros um, jerseys and also because of the retro jerseys and all that, the Bruins decided to go with a 90s theme. Um, David Pasternak was rocking these little goggles that he wore out on the ice for a bit, which looked pretty funny and kind of just describes his personality. Uh, the game ended with the Bruins topping the Flyers 7-3, to a big part of this win was also due to the Flyers having players out due to COVID protocol. I believe they had six players out because of COVID, um, including Captain Claude Drew. Uh, in this game, Pashnok did have a hat trick. He scored one goal like 34 seconds into the first period and then another like 40-something seconds into the second period and then threw on a third one five minute, less than five minutes left in the last period. Uh, the Bruins managed to score three goals in 99 seconds, all at the end of the second, uh, to take that 6-2 lead, which kind of just established them ahead. Trent Frederick scored his first career goal ever in an outdoor game, which is actually pretty cool. Um, both of these teams also wore their reverse retro jerseys. Now, the Flyers, the Flyers jerseys look nice. Now, they look nice, but, I mean, they looked basically like a Flyers jersey. Um, it was white, orange, and black which is just your traditional Flyers color, but the Flyers aren't like a flashy team. Um, neither the Flyers nor the Bruins are really flashy teams. So, I mean, the jerseys looked pretty good. Um, I love the Bruins jersey. I mean, that's probably just a, maybe a bit of bias on my end, but they had these full on yellow jerseys, which I thought looked really cool, kind of similar to the ones that they had with the big bear as the logo on it that are also all yellow. Um, and after the game, David Poshnok was being interviewed and he looked like he was freezing out there. I mean, it was so late at night in the outdoors, so it wasn't heated. So he must have been freezing out there and they kept asking him more and more questions. He was a good sport about it, though. Um, if you haven't checked out the interview, make sure to go do so. He, uh, he mentioned how he got pulled out for the interview and was upset because he missed the Barbie Girl song that they were playing in the locker room and that he didn't know what was going to be playing when uh, he got back in there. Um, but I, don't know, I feel bad for Poshnok. He was probably freezing out there. And the reporter, like one reporter asked about the goggles and what the inspiration was for that. And then the reporter right after asked him the same question about the goggles. And no one really asked him about his performance of getting a hat trick, which I think was kind of stupid on their end. I don't know, some reporters really just aren't good or don't listen like some of them seem like they don't even watch the game and they just show up afterwards and just ask questions but overall i like the lake tahoe and the outdoor experience i thought it was really cool especially without fans you got to see the whole lake behind there was trees out there it looked really good and really fun um obviously the purpose of outdoor games though is to kind of have that viewership and have tons of fans and the stadium that they don't sometimes most of the time they'll do like big stadiums uh I, i'm interested to see though because i thought it was actually pretty cool seeing without fans but i don't know how much that profits for the nhl but i, I guess we'll see but now i want to talk about mckinnon and some more of the future stars in the nhl so right now in the nhl we still have Crosby, Ovechkin, Malkin, Thames, Bergeron, Stamkos, all of these great players who established themselves as stars who are older but are still quite well. And you always wonder when you see an amazing player, you're like, wow, I'm not going to see any player like that. Like, how is anyone going to come in and fill these people's shoes? And 
I mean, I just gotta tell you that like we got some great talent coming up in the NHL, both who are good now and people who are good for the future. I mean, we got McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, Eichel, Line A, Hughes, Larkin. These these are players who are gonna be top of the NHL for the next ten years. And I think when we do lose some of those older players, they'll be in very good hands. First, I want to talk about McKinnon, who, when coming into league, was very heavily compared to Sidney Crosby. Um, when, whenever you have someone coming into the league who's a top center playmaker, they're going to get compared to Crosby just because, like, Crosby kind of established that he's been one of the best players, the best player for past, like, however many years he's been in the league. Uh, I feel like it makes sense, but I would probably more now McKinnon's established more closer to kind of like a Tyler Sagan-like player, just because I feel like he's more, he's got more of that goal scoring aspect and more of that speed rather than Sidney Crosby, who's more of like, I guess he's a bit more two-way than McKinnon is as well. McKinnon won the Calder in his rookie season and in his fifth season, he had a breakout season going from 53 points the previous season to 97. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, one of the best players in the NHL, he's going to be consistently a top five player, if not top three, if not top one, every single season for majority of the rest of his career, at least for the next 10 seasons. The man, I believe, is only 25 right now, just entering into his prime. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the current face of now and future of the NHL, Connor McDavid. Now, McDavid is kind of taken over for Crosby's spot of face of the NHL just with how good he has been. Now, with McDavid, it was easy when coming into the draft to compare him to Sidney Crosby. He was, he, he had like everything, and this kid it was so hyped up. Um, he was projected to be the number one pick of this draft since he was 15 years old. If you haven't read just about him as a kid, he's always been a stud and hasn't stopped. I, I found this that as a 13-year-old, he was playing on this U16 team, uh, and he scored 79 goals and 209 points in 88 games, which is absolutely insane. Um, he's always played up in age levels. Uh, Normally for juniors, you have to be 16 years old, but because of how good he was and his status, they allowed him to start a year early. Um, and he he has always been playing up. Like his family lied about his age when he was four, because I believe he needed to be five to play hockey. And they said he was five so he could start up hockey earlier. And he has such, had, excuse me, he has had such a large following and has always lived up to the hype. He has 175 goals and that 507 points in 372 games, which is just insane. And like I mentioned in the previous week, he did actually manage to get that. So he did tie exact amount for Crosby of number of games to get 500 points. McDavid is without a doubt one of the top players in the league. <laughs> and you got to remember that McDavid is still 24 years old, which is insane. He's already had three 100-point seasons. He didn't win the Calder his rookie year because he got injured. But 300-point seasons would have had an 100-point season last year, too, if it wasn't cut short. And currently, like, if he keeps his 
what the rate he's at, he would have an 100 point season this year, which I mean, it's probably going to be unlikely. I don't know if he can keep up with this pace, but if he does, he would have actually an 100 point season this year, which is just just crazy. So the next player I'm going to talk about is Austin Matthews. Now, Austin Matthews didn't have as much as McDavid just because of how much hype he did have, but Matthews also did have quite the amount of hype for him being projected as the number one overall pick. And when I went to go look at who he was compared to in the draft, they compared him to Anze Kopitar of the LA Kings because of his bigger frame and ability to score as a youngster before developing a two game later in his career. And I, I had never thought of that. I kind of compared him to Stamkos just being that center sniper with a great one-timer, which I still think maybe give him some combination of maybe Kopitar and Stamkos, two great players to be compared to. Um, but I actually really like that comparison of maybe he will, because he still has time. He could develop that two-wayness, which if he becomes a two-way sniper, he will be one of the best players in the league. And he's already one of the best. He's Him and McDavid are kind of battling for that Hart Trophy right now this season. Um, Matthews established himself into the NHL by scoring remarkable four goals in his first game if you didn't know that uh which would have put if he had kept that there was like a joke that that would have kept him if he kept that track scoring four goals every game he would beat Gretzky's record um but that's something that's rare it's it's hard to score for your first goal in your first game it's hard to score a hat trick in your first game nevertheless four goals four goals scoring four goals anytime in your career is something that doesn't happen much Obviously, winning the Calder in his rookie season. Um, he currently sits on 18 goals and 29 points this season, uh, and he has 314 points in 301 games in his career. The final player I'm going to talk about, because there's so many players of the future I could talk about, is Jack Eichel. Eichel, who would have been a number one pick any other year, went second behind Connor McDavid, obviously. His comparison was to Eric Stahl because of his bigger frame and skill set with, with the puck on his stick, which I think is a very good comparison to have him physically. But you got to look at Jack Heichel's got a shot, makes him look a little bit more like Ovi having that combination of the shot and the puck skills. Uh, Jack Heichel's got a great shot. However, Heichel has only had 14 points on 16 games this season, which for his standards is a bit disappointing. He has 351 points in 370 career games, although you can't exactly entirely blame Jack Eichel. He's been a part of the Buffalo Sabres, who hasn't made the playoffs since he's been on the team. Um, they just haven't been able to get things going, and they've been struggling, haven't made the playoffs in 10 years now. Um, I'm going to get a little bit more into the Sabres' struggles a little bit later, so we're going to move on for now. Speaking of younger players, the New Jersey Devils have now officially named Nico Hichier their new captain of the team. Last year, they had moved Captain Andy Green before the trade deadline to the New York Islanders, and they haven't named a new one until now. So the 2017 first overall pick will be captaining the team with Severson, Palmieri, and Zajac as alternates. Something we have seen quite often 
is a team naming a younger player as their captain, hoping for them to be that captain that establishes themselves and can be their captain for the next 15 or so years. We've seen people like Connor McDavid, who's the youngest captain to ever be named, Jack Eichel, Dylan Larkin, et cetera. So with Nico Hiche being named captain, he's the youngest currently active captain in the NHL. And I think it seemed pretty likely for most people, Nico Hiche to be seeming like the top candidate to be the captain for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, there was a bit of talk about the captaincy and who it could be. There was maybe it would go to an older player like a Kyle Palmieri, who's one of fan favorites, New Jersey native, or Travis Sajak, who has the most time spent with the Devils, who's currently on the team. Another one that kind of snuck in there was Jack Hughes was possibly with being that youth player and number one overall pick, potentially going to be their superstar for the future. Um, I, I do think it makes sense though to go with Nico Hichier. Hichier has been an alternate captain where Hughes has not. I, he does have a little bit more experience and I feel like it would be a lot to put on the, the hands of Jack Hughes right now. Um, he has a, maybe he he didn't even get named as an alternate, which is I guess a bit of a surprise. But maybe next year when we see Zajac might be leaving or Palmieri might be leaving, maybe he'll get the A next year. But I think the A will be good enough for him. We have seen a little bit of frustration with who gets the A and who gets the C. Uh, obviously, we had Austin Matthews and John Tavares. I think that's a bit of a different situation. John Tavares got named captain, uh, moved to the team from the Islanders. Matthews, who was drafted by the team, is probably their future. Hank Austin Matthews probably should have been given the seat, even though right now John Tavares is probably like the veteran and big leader. I'm sure Austin Matthews will overtake and take the seat at some point. But I agree with the New Jersey's Devils selection to take Nico Hichier as their new captain. Now into a more serious discussion where Rangers forward Artemi Panarin is taking a leave of absence from the Rangers in response to a story from Russia alleging he had an altercation with an 18-year-old woman in Riga, Latvia in 2011. Now the Rangers reported out that Artemi denies any aspects of this fabricated story. The belief thought of the Rangers organization is that this is due to the fact that Panarin has been speaking out against recent political events as he's been vocal on social media against Vladimir Putin. The NHL is in full support of Panarin and the Rangers and will be keeping a close eye on it. The allegations are being made by his former KHL coach in 2011, Vityaz Podolsk. Panarin is a top player in the league and for the Rangers, he has received tremendous support from the Rangers organization and teammates. I wish Panarin all the best and hopefully to set everything straight so we can get back to playing hockey as the amazing pl player he is. Um, I, I just hope he figures this whole situation out. Obviously, it's hard mid-season going on. Rangers who are trying to compete for a playoff spot in the hard East um, be without their top player. It's really hard on the team, but I, I just hope for Panarin's sake that he can figure this out and get back to playing hockey. For some good news, though, it was spotted that Henrik Lundqvist was back out on the ice in a private arena taking shots for the first time since he had his open heart surgery. 
uh, the 38-year-old signed a $1.5 million deal for one year with the Capitals this past offseason, but has been out because he had to have surgery. It is uncertain if he's actually going to play at all this season, but regardless, it's great to see him back out on the ice doing what he loves. He said he had so much fun with his workouts. Henrik Lundqvist, who's beloved by most people in the league and well-respected. I love Henrik Lundqvist, one of my favorite goaltenders to watch. You just got to love to see him back out on the ice, and hopefully maybe he can make a return this season, although I personally see it unlikely with how the Capitals have their goaltenders, the two rookies that they have playing have been playing phenomenal. Um, but I want to transition back to the Sabres, like I said I was going to talk about, um, <laughs> really just about how bad the Sabres really are. Sorry if you're a Sabres fan, but the Sabres organization just seems to be in the worst spot out of any team in the NHL. So the big news that came out was that Jeff Skinner was scratched. He was a healthy scratch on Monday night's game. This is the first time in his career that this had happened to him, that he was a healthy scratch. And it's even bigger news because he's not just some player on their team that's like a depth player or something. He's being paid $9 million a year for the next seven years. His contract kicked in last season after signing the deal just halfway the season prior. Skinner, who only has one point in 14 games so far this season, he hasn't ever had more than 63 points ever in a season. And after a Calder win in his rookie season of 2010 and 2011, uh, he really hasn't lived up to his potential. After moving to Buffalo in the 2018-2019 season, he had a 40-goal season for the Sabres, and they locked him in for eight years, only for him to be a disappointment. He only scored 29 points last season. Um, and... It's just got to be questioned by the Buffalo Sabres. Why did you sign this guy for $9 million? Now, <clears throat> signing NHL players to long-term always comes back to bite people in the butt almost all the time. Um, sometimes it's a good deal if they're established. But, I mean, I, I don't understand. That. When when this happened, when he was offered a contract, tons of people were talking about it. And I didn't I didn't understand why they gave him such long term for such long such huge amount of money skinner had never been a point per game in his career so i don't know why he was getting the nine million dollars in the first place although it shouldn't be a surprise as another contract the sabres have given is kyle Pozo, who is tied up with six million dollars for the next three years another player who's been completely overpaid in a bad contract situation they signed Taylor Hall this season, which I talked about in my first podcast, um, to a one-year deal at $8 million. I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter because his contract's going to be up and they were just shooting, hoping they could get him. But I don't understand from Taylor Hall's viewpoint. Like, this was always my thought that the Sabres just weren't going to make the playoffs this year, and it seems very unlikely. I, d I don't think they'll make it. They're not going to make it. They're basically out. There's no way. I'm, I'm going to look at the standings right now and – I see that the Sabres are sat in last place, even behind the New Jersey Devils. All the Devils have been playing well. Um, there's <clears throat> there's just no chance. The East is probably the hardest division as well, and Sabres just stand absolutely no chance now. Um, 
they do have Rasmus Dahlin's rookie deal coming up this year, who they're going to need to sign to an extension. And they have Sam Reinhart, who's going to be also in RFA at the end of the season. So, like, what are the Sabres going to do? They're not going to have the cap space. Um, I think that they are in one of the worst spots in the NHL, if not the worst, as an organization. Uh, their future doesn't look the most promising. They have Jack Eichel, Victor Olofsson, and then Rasmus Dahlin. Linus Allmark looks pretty decent. But they're not going to be able to put any pieces around them because they don't have that cap space. You're paying Jeff Skinner $9 million. $9 million should be for your first line first line player Jeff Skinner's been playing on their fourth line and he's not going to be a first line player so that's money wasted away your fourth liners normally get about one million dollars so you're just not going to be able to get a one million dollar first liner that's that's just not how it works so I really don't know what the Sabres are gonna have to do here because normally if a team has a bad contract like that you can just buy out the player and then pay them over time but that wouldn't make any sense either Buying out Jeff Skinner is just not a logical option for the team. If they were to buy him out after the season, they would be paying $2.47 million a season up until 2033 for Jeff Skinner. So it's 12 years that you're giving up $2.47 million. That's like a, a third liner or a third line D man there that you're, you're just wasting away. And no team is really going to want to make a move and take on Jeff Skinner unless you're giving them tremendous compensation and they don't think that and they're going to be a rebuilder um so I, I think it's I guess it's time for the Sabres to unload and rebuild again there have been questions if Eichel is going to ask to be moved he hasn't made the playoffs and neither have the Sabres and there's no doubt that this is something frustrating for the centermen of his caliber um, it's. I, I believe that the Sabres said that it's possible Eichel can be traded, although they're going to obviously wait till he says he wants to be traded. If he does, I mean, they will get a good amount back for Jack Eichel, but then they just have they're restarting fresh. Basically, Jack Eichel was supposed to be your future star, which he could have been, but you just decided to throw it away by offering Jeff Skinner $9 million thinking he was going to be your top line winger that you could play alongside of Eichel. Uh, so I, I guess the only, the only real option for the Sabres to do is just trade away your assets and start a full on rebuild again. Cause that's, that's really your only option. I, I don't see anything else being possible for them to do. Finally, in other news, Montreal Canadiens have fired coach Claude Julien and associate Kirk Miller. Their assistant coach, Dominique Ducharme, was named as a replacement for the head coaching position. After a surprising start, the Canadiens have gone 1-3-2 in their last six games. Julien was in the last year of his five-year contract. Julien currently sits on 667 wins, which is seventh of all time in the NHL. Ducharme, who was Canada's 2018 World Junior Championship team coach and helped them play second the year before in 2017, will take over as the head coach for the Montreal Canadiens for the rest of the season, looking to turn around their season, which started off to a great start, but has kind of dropped off. Now we are gonna get into this episodes of my three stars of the past week. 
At number three is Awesome Matthews, who had five goals, four assists for nine points, and a plus one in four games, where the Leafs went three and one. Matthews was on a 16-game point streak, which ended against the Senators and ranks third all-time in Leafs history, two behind Eddie Olchek and Daryl Sittler. My number two star is Mats Zuccarello, with two goals, five assists, and seven points, and a plus five in three games, where the Minnesota Wild went 3-0. and Zuccarello, who missed the first month of the season due to an arm injury, wasted no time in his return this past week. And at number one is Patrick Kane, who has two goals, six assists, and eight points, and a plus four in the Blackhawks' past three games, where they went 2-1. and one. Chicago is currently sat third place in the Central, as a huge thanks to Patty Kane, who has carried the young team without Captain Jonathan Thames so far this season, and he is currently tied for third place in points, with 30 tied with Mitch Marner. And finally, to close it out, we're going to go into our league leaders so far in the season, leading all rookies with points. Back on top is Kirill Kaprizov, who has 13 points. Leading the league in points and assists is still Connor McDavid with 38 and 25, respectively. Matthew holds the league in the goal race with 18, looking to eye his first ever Rocket Richard. And Quinn Hughes is still going strong, leading all defensemen with 21 points, despite the Canucks' struggles. And for goalies, I've decided to change it up a bit just because I don't think a goalie who's played one game deserves to count for the leader. So to my own rules, they have to have played more than one game. So leading is Marc-Andre Fleury in both goals against with a 1.55 and a save percentage of 0.942. And Semyon Varlamov, Marc-Andre Fleury, and Job Gibson all are tied for first in shutouts with three. So that is going to do it for this episode of Top Shelf. Thank you all so much for listening. The outdoor games were so cool this year, and we'll see how they affect our future outdoor games. And speaking of the future, it looks quite bright for the NHL, headed by Triple M, as I want to call it, McDavid, Matthews, and McKinnon. And we'll keep an eye on how the Montreal Canadiens do under their new coach. Make sure to follow me here on Spotify. I'll catch you all next week for another episode of Top Shelf. Top Shelf.